The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And if you're new to DraftKings, you got to check this out. New customers bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code ROSS. That's code ROSS for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net in New York. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21-plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. It's the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. <laughs> oh, yeah, it is. But it's not just any Ross Tucker Football Podcast. It is a Monster Monday presented by who else? DraftKings Sportsbook. They are all over these basketball games. Do yourself a favor. Take a dollar and the code Ross to DraftKings Sportsbook. You get a chance to win $100 betting on the hoops action. I forgot, as we mentioned on last week, I forgot to spread the word winner or the sponsor confirmation email winner last week. I don't know what happened. Spread the word winner. These are actually the people it was going to be last week. I don't know what happened to my my email, but R-E-F-F-E-S-Q. No idea who you are, Ari, but you quote tweeted uh, the Florio podcast last week. I appreciate it. Hit me up, Ross at RossTucker.com, and I'll give you whatever you want. Sign football card, sign picture, sign press pass from this past year, whatever. Same with Nicholas Falloon, who took advantage of those awesome Raycon earbuds. All the sponsors are over at RossTucker.com on the sponsors page. So fired up about today's show. I mean, we've had some good guests recently with guys like Ryan Fitzpatrick and Alex Anzalone and always Greg Cosell and Mike Florio. But to be able to have on one show at the same time, Nick Saban, Ed Orgeron, Andrew Luck, Chris Collinsworth, and Sean McVay is absolutely ridiculous. But we got them all here. It's Big Show time. Well, guys, thank you so much for coming. I really appreciate it. I am very, very excited to have you. And I guess I'll start with you, Andrew. And I'm just curious, like, what have you been up to? I mean, what, what have you been doing the last couple of years? <laughs> uh, well, thanks for having me, Ross. Uh, I, I really appreciate it. Uh, uh, you know, been a dad, uh, been been changed a lot of uh, uh, poopy diapers. Uh, <laughs> uh, so uh, instead of uh, throwing touchdown passes to Ty, I've been uh, slam dunking a uh, 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 poopy diaper into trash cans and uh, things like that. <laughs> I love it, Andrew. I, look, I'm I'm I've got a couple little girls. I love it. I can appreciate that. Have you? Is there any chance that there's reports that? 
Mr. Ursay with the Colts had reached out to you in the offseason. I'm assuming now that they traded for Wentz, there's no chance. But did you consider it at all? Before the Colts traded for Wentz this offseason, did they did Mr. Ursay give you one more call? Did you think about making a comeback? Uh, I, I think you're referring to uh, Jimmy from the Colts is who, who you're referring to. That's what me and the wife call him. <laughs> uh, but Mr. Ursay, uh, he, he did reach out, but uh, I'm, I'm good with that being my retirement home. Uh, of course, talking about Lucas Oil, uh, uh, I think I might do a little uh, uh, Lux tour guides. Uh, be going around the stadium, showing people around town, different uh, historical things about uh, Indianapolis and uh, about the Colts. So uh, not going to play. Uh, don't think I'm going to be playing, no. But uh, you might see me around town, yeah, just a bit. <laughs> so uh, you told me the family guy stuff. I, I've always been curious because obviously there are people that think that, you know, you got a little bit of nerd to you, which is okay. I got a little bit of nerd to me. Sure, what, do yeah. you do, what, what do you do in your free time, Andrew? Like, what do you do to have fun? I read a lot of books, uh, collect my library that I have going on, uh, get into uh, the Marvel movies uh, uh, just a little bit. Uh, you know, they're a little unrealistic for me. Uh, I don't really see how <laughs> Thanos could do something like that and break the space-time continuum, but uh, yeah, I do enjoy them. Uh, you know, I go canoeing and hiking, and uh, I'm an outdoorsy kind of guy, so uh, that's usually how I spend my free time. Again, when I'm not... <laughs> when I'm not uh, reading to, to, to my daughter or, uh, uh, or or changing her poopy diapers or anything like that. <laughs> uh, really, it's, it's awesome talking with you, Andrew. And I, I want to bring in Chris Collinsworth now while we're talking with you, Andrew. And Chris, I, I guess I'm just curious, you know, Andrew had such a good career going. It looked like he had a chance to maybe even have a Hall of Fame type career. What what are your thoughts in terms of Andrew's retirement and, you know, what his career could have been like? Boy, it's a question we get a lot. And then, I mean, Andrew Luck, you have to look and say, here's a guy that could have done it all. I mean, he could have been a Hall of Famer. He could have won Super Bowls. He decided to hang it up. And just totally blows us all away. I mean, it's like me back in the day when I'd go out to bars in Cincinnati and all the ladies would say, I want to come up and talk to Chris because who won it, right? I mean, I'm one smooth operator, that is for sure. But you look at Andrew Luck, Al, and you say, here's a guy that you would build your franchise around, and then he just walks away. I know I've never seen anything like it before. There is no doubt about it. So I'm curious, Chris, you know, a lot of people consider you the best analyst out there. What what do you think it is about your style as a color commentator that people enjoy so much? Yeah, you know, I think it's just they look at me and they say, here's a guy that I could have a beer with. I could be out at a bar and he's going to smooth talk the moms and the ladies are going to like him. And yeah, it's just a lot of fun to be around. I'm just talking ball drinking a beer just like the rest of you, all right? So if you want to do that, Ross, I'm surely glad to take a break from my podcast with Richard Sherman and take a break from Uncle Al and come out with you and have a great time. There is no doubt. You know what, Chris? That sounds like a pretty good idea to me. You know, we were talking with Andrew about the Colts. I am curious, 
What what in your mind happened to Carson Wentz last year in Philly? And do you think that he'll be able to get his career back on track in Indy? Boy, that's the million dollar question right there, isn't it, Ross? I mean, you look at Carson Wentz and he's an MVP candidate in 2017. I mean, you look and you say, you know, here's a guy that is just running Philadelphia. He gets him, he's an MVP candidate. They're going to the Super Bowl. And it just all sort of falls apart. Well, now you look and you say, will Frank Reich be able to get him back on track? Speaking of tracks, Indy's a perfect place to go. I mean, I got the Indy 500 there, Indianapolis Motor Speedway. You got to love it. So I think if there's any town, if there's any coach that can get Carson Wentz back to his old form, I think it would have to be Frank Reich. There is no question. Well, since we're talking quarterbacks, I want to bring in the young guy, the quarterback guru, Sean McVay. Thought it was really interesting, Coach, when you went from Jared Goff and that was your guy and he got that contract extension in 2019 to now you make the trade for Matthew Stafford, give up a couple of first-round picks. What was it about Stafford that you like so much? All right, here we go. Here we go. We're on the Ross Tucker Podcast, man. we got to be efficient. we got to make this answer quick. I like Matt Stafford. A lot of things he does, man. He's got a really strong arm, really, really strong arm. He's not going to let you down like big moments like we had with Jared. Now, we like Jared. He's a good kid. But Matt, he's a new start. He kind of looks like that guy that's in she's out of my league. So he's coming to L.A. It's a perfect fit for him, man. So we're really excited. Here we go. Uh, I like it. That That's a good way, really good way, Coach, to do that. What does it say, though, about your decision-making or you're coaching because you're the one that told him to give golf all that much money. You're the one that was getting all the credit for golf playing well. So the fact that you're getting rid of him, it's not a great look for you, right? Yeah, you know, we're not into, into look too much out here. I know it's L.A. I know that I'm the best-looking head coach in the NFL, even though people say it's Kyle Shanahan, but that's not the case. All right, it's got to be me. I'm certainly no Andy Reid. So you want to talk about looks, we can talk about that. I'm young. I got a chiseled jawline. My hair looks good. I'm in shape. Unlike Kyle Shanahan, you know, he's a little floppy when it comes to here. So I don't want to talk about looks too much, but if that's what you want to do, all right, here we go. We can talk about that. Uh, look, we're just excited, man. We're just excited. You know, I think that Matt's going to be like uh, like like me with John Gruden. John Gruden was 1.0, and then I'm 2.0 Sean McVay. We're bringing in Matt, and we're really excited about it, man. So the thing I've wondered, so I obviously have a beard, Sean, and I probably trim it like once every couple weeks. The thing I've always wondered how are you able to always have it look like it's a day old or two days? Like you have the perfect five o'clock shadow at all times. Do you trim that thing every day? Yeah. Well, we're all about efficiency. I'm all about efficiency, man. So, you know, I have this little system that I use. It's just a two-step system. I go in, I get out of the shower. It's a quick two pumps on each side, and then we're ready to go. We got to be efficient. Here we go. We're running efficient offense, just like we're running official facial, facial care right there, Ross. All right. You feel me? Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> do you feel bad at all about sending jared to detroit i mean jared had his op opportunities here you know it's like when you go into a movie this is a hollywood show business town you know you go in a movie that busts then all of a sudden you're in tv commercials man he's got to go to detroit be in tv commercials for a little bit we're bringing in the big star we're bringing in the a-lister matt stafford and we're really excited about it here we go well speaking of coaches and quarterbacks i think it's about time that we brought in Coach Saban. Coach, I apologize for, you know, wasting 10 minutes of your time. I know how how important that is to you and how much you take your time seriously. So I guess I'll just start, Coach, by apologizing for wasting 10 minutes of your time before I ask you a question. 
Well, Ross, I appreciate it. I now I get the invite to come on here. I and they 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 slap me this this stream yard link. All right, I don't know anything about that. The only yards I know is when we're picking them up with a guy like Derrick Henry on fourth and two when we got to punch it down somebody's throat. All right, that's the only kind of yard that I know. So you're gonna bring me on here and you're gonna make me wait on people like Sean McVay and Chris Collinsworth. All right, now I know they may be taller than me. I know they might be a little better looking, but what have they done in football? I, I have a statue of myself in Tuscaloosa right now. So you're going to make me on the waiting list for guys like that. I don't have time for it. I, I'm trying to run my football program. So I'd appreciate it next time that you invite me on your program that I'm first in line. All right. Well, I, I, I can try to do that, coach. And I will tell you this. I saw recently on Twitter how important Chick-fil-A is to you and that you were talking about that at, at Alabama's Pro Day and just what it takes to be an Alabama football player and how that relates to the Chick-fil-A drive-thru line. Exactly. I mean, you go to Chick-fil-A anytime you go through there. I, at least where I'm from down in Tuscaloosa, you go there, the drive-thru is wrapped around to another side of the building. I, now a lot of people would look at that and say, that's not a good opportunity to get food. But if you want to come to Bama, you got to have the mindset that I'm going to wait this thing out because the end result is going to be worth it. You wait for that Chick-fil-A chicken sandwich. You wait for that Polynesian sauce, the waffle fries, right, the fountain soda. That's going to be worth it in the end. It's not like some of the other programs and like uh, a McDonald's or like a Burger King. All right? You might get a quicker result, but it's going to make you feel like shit. All right? And I don't usually say that, but you can either come to Bama and wait in the Chick-fil-A line and have the end result that's better, or you can go to a Burger King and you can feel like shit like a Tennessee right? or somewhere like that and have a worse result in the end. So it's all about being patient. It's all about making the opportunity count, just like when they're in the Chick-fil-A drive-thru. As soon as you get your hands on that chicken sandwich right, and that fountain Coke, there's nothing better, my man. Does it still eat at you that you weren't able to have success in the NFL with the Dolphins, Coach? Look, I know that this is a popular question, especially now that Tua is down there in Miami, and everybody wants to make the joke about him having more success in Miami than me. <laughs> I, all you've got to do is look and see what I've done at Alabama. I Again, do I have to tell you one more time? I have a damn statue of myself. I'm still alive. I, I'm still going. I just came off another national championship and a Heisman Trophy winner. I So I think what I've done has spoke for itself. And quite frankly, I don't have time for any of this other kind of nonsense talk about the NFL. I, so uh, I guess the last thing I would ask you, Coach, is just with all your prospects in this year's draft, Jalen Waddell and Barmore and Devontae Smith and Mac Jones and all of them, right? Is there one that you think stands out more than the others that teams should try to draft? Uh, so another popular question that I've been getting a lot uh, recently. And you got to understand that you're only as good as your next play. And for us at Alabama, once the, t- once the player is gone, I – they're out the door. We got to reload here. I We're not just going with an empty holster to the next fight. We got to reload and continue to reload. So when they're going to the pros, I, I'm going to wish them well. I hope they have success. But I'm out there knocking on doors, kissing babies, shaking hands, so we can get the next Devontae Smith. I, and we can get the next Jalen Waddle. Because, frankly, if you, you know, I know that you want to write about it and everybody wants to make a big deal about how Alabama's a powerhouse. But if I don't do that and I buy into all the hype, I, next thing you know, I'm going to be like Lane Kiffin, all right? And I'm going to be a lame duck on my face. So I got to keep reloading, all right? Coach, really appreciate the time. I, you know, the last guy, and I apologize to him as well, but I kind of wanted to save 
the best for last. And that's you, Coach Orgeron. Uh, you know, it's so fun to watch you when you get interviewed on TV. It's kind of an honor to be able to interview you here on the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Thanks so much for coming on the show, and I appreciate your patience as well. Ross, it's great to be here. And it's a little bit of a shame I had to go after Coach Saban. You know, I don't like him. He don't like the Tigers. And anybody who don't like the Tigers is not a fan. I'm not a friend of mine. So I have to wait behind Coach Saban, but sometimes you got to save the best for last. So I'm curious, Coach, what your reaction was, what your thoughts were when you saw Odell Beckham Jr. on the field after the national championship game handing out money to your players like Justin Jefferson. Personally, I thought it was hilarious to just put it out in the open like that. But what was your reaction when you saw it or found out about it? Oh, well, Ross, I was saying, hey, give me some of that, Odell. I used some of that cash myself. I know I just won a national championship, but I had a lot of ups and downs on the way. Uh, I could definitely use some of that cash, so I loved it. Our players loved it. He's a Tiger. He's a legendary Tiger. So I'd say the more the merrier. Bring on that cash. Last question for you, Coach. Do you feel like you are legitimately a really good football coach, or are you just extremely fortunate that Joe Burrow decided to transfer to LSU? Well, I certainly say that we love Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow is a legendary Tiger, just like Claude Edwards Alea, just like everybody from that team. But I will say this. You may not think I'm a good football coach, but anytime you line up on the 50-yard line, you look across the way, you see me. I don't know. There's not other coaches out there more intimidating than Ed Orgeron. So we're going to line them up. We're going to be mean. We're going to be physical. They're going to take the personality of Coach O, and we're going to beat them up. Go Tigers. Absolutely love it, Coach. Thank you so much. Really appreciate all of you guys for coming on the show. That was really, really cool. Uh, now I'd like to bring on Joey Molinaro, at Joey Molinaro on Twitter and on Instagram. I am wondering right now, Joey, what what percentage of the listeners realized that that was you the whole time. Like, I know you're really popular now on Twitter and Instagram, but we've got thousands and thousands of people to listen to the show. I would love to know it when they just clicked on it, how long it took them before they realized that there was an impressionist doing these impressions. Yeah, man, it's a good question. Um, hopefully, hopefully it took them a while. Uh, you know, that's the thing about impressions is that everybody hears things differently. Um, so, you know, I see it all the time, man. Trust me in my, in my comments or my DMS, I'll have people who, you know, Hey, watch that four times over. And I, and I still couldn't tell the difference. And I have people saying, Hey, you suck. You don't sound anything like him. Go kill yourself. So, you know, it, it could be a little bit of mix of both, but hopefully, uh, your listeners enjoyed it. And thanks for having me on. Dude, that was amazing. I, we've never done anything like that. This, we've done over like 1500 episodes, never done anything like that. That was hilarious. Thank you. Uh, you are incredibly talented. You can check out Joey over at Barstool. The key is, because he's got a cup of Joey every morning, the key is just to follow him on social, at Joey Molinaro, M-U-L-I-N-A-R-O, so you can find out all the different stuff he's doing. Joey, i got to be honest with you. Like I feel like a year ago, I, didn't, I never heard of you, and now like within the last year, you've totally blown up. So was I just missing out and you've been doing this for years and I just didn't hear about it? Or is it fair to say you've quote unquote blown up over the last year? 
Yeah, no, you're 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 not uh, you're not wrong about that at all, man. Um, it, it is one of those things that I, I really put in a lot of time and hours and a lot of uh, you know grunt work and eating dirt to hopefully be at the China table one day uh, before things started happening. You know, I mean, in college, right out of college, I was just trying to do everything I can, every opportunity, find my way, find my niche. You know, and um, and then eventually, you know, I, I kept at it and, and, and things uh, just just worked, you know, it was like one of those things that like, you know, you're just waiting for that one. And then that one happened. And um, now I'm just, you know, trying to trying to keep the momentum going, man, you know. All right. So how old are you? What school did you go to? And what were you doing before that one hit? Yeah. So I'm 27, um, 27 years old. I, I currently live. I'm from Indianapolis, Indiana, and that's where I am uh, currently. I went to the University of Indianapolis, a small D2 school on the south side of town. Okay. Um, and from, from, like I said, while I was there and then afterwards, I worked at uh, the, the ESPN affiliate uh, group of stations in downtown Indianapolis, like the, the flagship of the Colts and the Pacers. Okay, so you were always trying to get into sports media in some way? Yeah, I mean, like, you know, it just – well, I mean – in all reality, I always you know looked at guys like David Letterman, who's another Indianapolis guy, and I yeah. was like, that, that's really what I want to, what I want to do. You know, I want to I want to make people laugh. I want to uh, uh, do funny things, and I, and I want to um, you know interview people and, and things like that. I was like, David Letterman is the ultimate. But you know, being from the South Side of Indy, growing up here, like that's just not like a realistic path, you know. Like, and so it's like, how do you how, how do I realistically tell my parents and other people that like, okay, I'm going to actually have a career that pays me, but also stay in pursuit of like doing what David Letterman did. Yeah. And so I was like, all right, you know, uh, sports media, like radio, you know, like being a radio host or being, uh, you know, a media personality. And then finally, maybe I can merge that. Um, so that was kind of the easiest, like most natural fit. And, you know, and then I just kept going after like the comedy side of it on the side. I, I think you're in a great spot, man, especially who you're working with now. And, the thing is, is you really know your sport. So you're unique in the fact that you do what you do on the you know, comedy side, but you have that background in sports. Obviously, I know I've seen some of the stuff you've done with Caliendo before, uh, which is phenomenal. Um, I've always been a huge fan of his. You had me cracking up uh, every impression you did right there. I hope people check it out on YouTube as well. Yeah. Because Joey actually... Like he was, he went off screen for the Collinsworth and did the Collinsworth slide in. He redid his hair for the Saban. He had something in front of his mouth for the uh, Sean McVay. I, I, I honestly, they're all really, really good. It's hard for me to say what the best ones are. Your your Orgeron and Saban are unbelievable. Your Andrew Luck is, I mean, but even like. I don't realize what Collinsworth says all the time until you say, well, that's the million-dollar question, isn't it? <laughs> like, like, I didn't realize that that was like – and that, that's totally him. That is what he says. So, yeah. anyway, it, it was amazing. And which is the first one that popped for you, Saban? Yeah. Yeah, I did uh, a Thanksgiving video in 2019, and uh, that was the first one that, you know, hit a million and, and got onto, like, ESPN and all that kind of stuff, so – you know, I, I, I um, to your point, yeah, I, it's I, I always look at it and I say, 
you know, I'd love to be on a show like SNL, right? And, 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 yeah. and, and impressions and sketch comedy and that line. And so what I'm saying is that like, my goal is always to say, all right, because I try to think in that frame of mind, you know, so I'm like, all right, let's say on a Monday, you're in the writer's room, they pitch this sketch. Uh, on Tuesday, they're like, hey, Joey, you're going to be playing this person in this sketch. And then I have like three days to pull something off that is, you know, funny and 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 close and, and good. You know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? So like yeah. I, I try to challenge myself in that way of saying, okay, maybe I have these two that are just like spot on, like you said. But then I always try to challenge myself to say, who are some other people that I can pick up on the things that they do, the things that they say, how they act, their mannerisms. Uh, and, and then in a Saturday Night Live format, they could say, hey, you got this person, have it ready in two days. And I'm like, all right, yeah, I could do that. So that, that's, you know, kind of the idea behind the characters and all that kind of thing. So, Joey, you are the man. Uh, it was great going on your show, going deep over yeah. a bar stool recently. That was a blast. It was fun just to tell those stories. That, you know, it's funny. Those are the things that people like really remember or care about. You know what I mean? Like those are the, like the funny things that stick with you. People really just, a lot of times, like, so, so what you do is amazing. Right. But from my perspective, like people don't really care about the games or like I was an average player with like people want to hear stories. Like when I'm around people, they want to hear like funny or cool stories from your time as a player, you know? Yeah, yeah no, absolutely. And that's like, you hit the down there. Yeah, that's where I try to find the balance of, of what I do is like, and, and but, but we need people. We need people who are like the nerds in my words uh, of, of the sports world that like break the news and like break down the tape and everything like that and do that. But then we also need the people like me who do my stupid shit. And then like people like you who like have these incredible stories that, cause everybody wants to know like the behind the scenes of what it's like to like be an NFL player. You know what I mean? Cause right. 99.5% of the people don't know. So that shit's really the interesting stuff. So yeah, like on going deep when we got together, like that was like a, a great mix in my mind of, you had the stories, you had a little bit of this, a little bit of that. It was awesome. Joey, thank you so much, man. And really, really appreciate it. Again, at Joey Molinaro, M-U-L-I-N-A-R-O. Twitter, Instagram, wherever. It looks like TikTok when I see some of his videos. Oh, yeah. Just find Joey. Trust me. You'll be happy that you did it. Thanks, man. Hey, man, I'm a Steelers fan, so you know i got to be on TikTok uh, repping with the boys. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> hey, thanks, there for the Man, talk to you. There he is, Joey Molinaro. That was fantastic. You guys, like, if you've ever thought about going to the YouTube page, now's the time. YouTube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. You got to watch him doing these impressions. I mean, obviously, the people that watch on YouTube, they knew the whole time that it wasn't Andrew Luck or Sean McVay. I can't wait to get the tweets, the emails, the whatever from you guys letting me know when you figured out I didn't really have all of those guys on the show. Uh, that will be phenomenal. Uh, other than that, let's get to the news, Brian. Tuck's takes. Well, Ross, the big news that we got on Friday was that big trade. The Niners trade their 12th pick, a 2022 first-round pick, a 2022 third-round pick, and a 2023 first-round pick to the Dolphins for the number third pick overall. Yeah, and the 2022 first-round pick. So really three first-round picks in all, Bri. It is a gigantic trade. It's interesting on multiple levels, right? I mean, there's so many different layers to this huge trade Friday afternoon. You know, the first thing is you got to love this trade for the Miami Dolphins. I mean, 
to trade from three to 12. Now we'll get to their next trade momentarily, but the trade from three to 12 and pick up first round picks in the next two drafts, as well as a third, and very likely at 12, be able to still get a really good player, I think is fantastic. Now, again, more on that momentarily, but it's a home run trade for the Miami Dolphins in my mind, especially if they are comfortable with Tua Tungle-Vailoa, like Ryan Fitzpatrick said they should be, and they were not planning to draft a quarterback at three. And obviously they're not going to get what the consensus top two are in terms of Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson, it seems like at this point. So love it for the Dolphins. For the Niners, wow, very, very aggressive. I think they are tired of Jimmy Garoppolo missing games. I think that they realize they don't want to pay a quarterback as much as they're paying Jimmy Garoppolo. And I think that they think they can get the third best quarterback or at least the third guy drafted. Now, there's a lot of debate whether that's Trey Lance or Justin Fields. Some people think even Mac Jones. A lot of debate as to who that person will ultimately end up being. Pretty clearly, the Niners are either comfortable with multiple of those guys, because look, you don't know somebody, let's say you're comfortable with Mac Jones. What if somebody traded in front of you at two to get him? So they must be comfortable with multiple guys and be and be happy to make that selection. Garoppolo's days are numbered in, New England, in, in San Francisco. I don't care what anybody says. It's just inevitable at this point when you give up that many resources to go ahead and get the number three overall pick and a quarterback. You're not going to hang on to Jimmy Garoppolo that long. We'll see whether or not Jimmy makes it to the season, maybe gets traded before the trade deadline. But huge move for the 49 And by the way, the thing I said on Twitter, Bri, at Ross Tucker NFL, a lot of Niners fans like, they only traded two first-round picks. They swapped three, you know, they swapped a, uh, a first-rounder. So if, do you think if, if somebody went from number 31 in the first round to one, that that's a swap? I mean, the reality is, right, the Chicago Bears offered three first-round picks to select or to trade for Russell Wilson. Well, the Niners just gave up three first-round picks, number 12 this year, 2021, 20, no, 2022, 2023, to get a specific player, whoever that ends up being, QB3 to be named later. They gave up three first-round picks and more for that specific player. Tucks takes. So the Dolphins subsequently trade that number 12 pick and their 2022 first round pick to the Eagles for the number six overall pick this year with some mid-round swaps as well. Right. So I, much like I love the first trade for the Dolphins, I love this trade for the Philadelphia Eagles. I mean, to only move down six spots and pick up a first round pick next year, the Eagles still have the most draft picks in this draft. Now you only move down six spots. They still will very likely be able to select one of the top three receivers or maybe even have their pick of the top three corners at 12, and they get the Dolphins' first-round pick next year. And by the way, the Patriots are going to be better. I think the Jets will be better. And the jury is still out on Tua Tungo-Vailoa. So the Dolphins might not have a great year, Brian. I mean, the Dolphins might end up being 8-8 eight and eight or worse. And that first-round pick that the Eagles are getting from them could end up being very, very valuable. Plus, they're likely to get a first-round pick from the Carson Wentz trade. So the Eagles could easily have three first-round picks next year 
and everything that implies. So this enables them to see if Jalen Hurts can be the guy this year and give him every opportunity to be that guy, but then also have the three first-round picks. If he's not the guy, then you have the ammo to get the guy. If he is the guy, then, wow, you got a lot of ammo to build around him. As for the Dolphins part of it, you know, I understand the thought process, which is, well, we got these extra first-round picks, so we can use them to go back up to six and still get the player we were going to take at three, whether that's Jamar Chase or Penny Sewell or whoever it is. I, I get it. But, man, I, you better really think that that player you're going to get at six is a lot better than the player you're going to get at 12. A lot better to give up next year's first-round pick. I don't think once you make the trade with the 49ers, you don't start treating it like, well, we can do whatever we want with these first-round picks now. Every trade, every deal needs to be looked at but on its own. Ducks takes. Moving on, Cowboys defensive lineman Tyrone Crawford retires and safety. Oh, they signed safety, Devonta Casey. Crawford had a good career. I always like to give shout-outs to guys like this that play eight, nine years, make some Pro Bowls, do some damage. They deserve it. And Kazee, I mean, look, that's just the, uh, the, the Falcons to Cowboys pipeline via former Falcons head coach Dan Quinn. Ducks takes. Arizona Cardinals sign cornerback Malcolm Butler, and they trade Mason Cole to Minnesota for a sixth rounder. Arizona Cardinals are not messing around with getting guys that were really good five and six years ago. I think Malcolm Butler, we'll see. I mean, I don't think there was much of a market for him, but the Cardinals are all in for this year. And once they got Rodney Hudson, Mason Cole was expendable. Ducks takes. Seattle Seahawks signed defensive end Carlos Dunlap and D-tackle Al Woods. And they cut Jaron Woods, Jaron Woods, Jaron Reed, who signs with the Chief. So this is really interesting. So the, the Seahawks cut Dunlap earlier in the offseason to save $14.5 million on the cap. But now they're able to bring him back at a more affordable rate. So that makes sense because they need him. Al Woods is kind of the run stuffer that they lost when they released Jaron Reed. Jaron Reed, Bri, this was going to be a simple restructure which means you still get your $8.5 million this year, Jaron. We're just going to put some voidable years on it. We're going to spread it out to get some cap space. Nothing would have changed for him. But he used it as an opportunity to say he wanted more money. He wanted a long-term deal. Seahawks said, see you later. He goes to the Chiefs for $5 million. He just lost $3.5 million. I hope he knows what he's doing because that's a lot of money that he'll never really make back. Ducks takes. Buffalo Bills sign Matt Breida. The Bucks are bringing back Leonard Fournette. And the Ravens give Sammy Watkins $6 million bucks for one year. Well, the Ravens finally got their wide receiver they were looking for after they couldn't get Juju Smith-Schuster or T.Y. Hilton. Watkins is definitely third in that group, I would say. And, he, man, he's made a lot of money for a guy that hasn't done that much, in my mind at least. As for Breida, the Bills needed another running back. I was disappointed and what they got last year from Singletary. And then and they needed some, some more speed element because Moss is more of a banger. And then Fournette, yet another buck back in the fold. Ducks takes. Last bit of news from the weekend. Saints cornerback Marshawn Lattimore arrested. Felony loaded stolen gun charges. Yikes. I don't, his agent said it's a misunderstanding. I'll be curious to see what that means. That's uh, – I, I don't know. I've given up figuring out how certain guys get themselves in situations like these at, at some point, Brian. That'll do it 
for a Monster Monday edition of the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Joey Molinaro, fantastic. We will have Andrew Brandt, a little different Andrew Brandt episode coming up later on in the week. We talk about the agent business. We talk about the front office. Then, of course, Greg Cosell talking edge rushers later on in the week. As for college draft, speaking of defensive linemen, you got to check out John Ledyard. He's on with me and Emery on the College Draft Podcast today. Tomorrow, Steve Fezzik and I are joined by Sean Grady, one of you guys, one of the listeners, one of the patrons, patreon.com slash rtmedia, breaking down the data of our bets from the 2020 season and beyond like no other. Other than that, shout out to Pizza Boy Brewing, Sport of Culture, Vision Comics with an X. I think we're done here. Thanks for listening to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Fantasy Feast, Even Money, Business of Sports, and College Draft. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found. A lot of times on the show, I mention DraftKings. Here's what you need to know. you got to be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 100Gambler or in Indiana, one 800 with it. By the way, if what I was talking about included a deposit bonus, doesn't always, sometimes it does. Deposit bonus requires 25 times playthrough, and deposit bonuses are paid out in site credit.